Good afternoon, Christopher. How are you? Aloha, TJ. Put down the the fruity cocktail. It's time to podcast, baby. I have no fruity cocktails yet. It's it is nine nine a.m. I thought you were on island time, big dog. I am. I mean, I'm the only thing I'm jacked up on is some bad hotel coffee and one one quarter of an edible to try and get rid of this hangover. <laughs> Did you get Liddy last night on the island? I, I wouldn't say Liddy, but we went to like the 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 hotel that we're staying at is kind of remote compared to the city. Like it's it's on the very end. So it's a little secluded, yeah. which is good for privacy, bad if you want to like go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of a suburban guy, so that setting makes sense. Continue. I mean, but you know, when I when you go to Hawaii, you want to there's nothing to do but look at a bomb ass beach and eat some fucking <laughs> rice and <laughs> rice and stuff. So, how was vacation? You know, how was vacation, Jason? Man, I ate some rice <laughs> and looked at a bomb ass <laughs> beach. It was lit. That's that's I'm literally staring out the window of a hotel, the same window that many celebrities have uh, have lived in. I'm sure Sammy Davis Jr. has nutted on the very same wall that I did earlier. But uh, you know, there, you could only eat you know an eighty four dollar awful lunch <laughs> yeah. at the hotel yeah, yeah, so many yeah. times before. Like so, so I was like, I'm gonna go find a local spot, like for the heads heads. I love when Jason gets down in the weeds with the locals. He takes himself off of his his celebrity podcaster pedestal pedestal and chooses to <laughs> fraternize with the, the locals, the regulars, the 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 salt of the earth folks. Yeah, and, and whenever I'm traveling to a foreign land, I need to show everybody that I know three words of their language. Of course, classic and, TJ and move. say it over and over again, um, you know, worse and worse as the night progresses. So we went to a spot called Kiong Seafood, a local Korean-Hawaiian hybrid. I was eating some poke, some bulgogi. I know I said that wrong, David Cho. Sorry about that. But, you know, I was, I was doing some soju shots. I was drinking some beers, so... I'm a little. I got a little headache. I'm not hungover though. I understand. That's that's fine. I, I kind of like you when you're a little. You know, I feel like you get a little spicier when you're not feeling your best. So this this might bode well. Ooh. This might bode well for our podcast. You know what I mean? Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah. did. One, I was going to ask. Yeah, okay. I was What's gonna, up with you? What's going on with you? Well, unfortunately, I was planning a fucking a little trip to Mexico, and it looks like you know things. <laughs> Things are a little hot down there right now because fucking, you know, Things are a hot. Senator Ted Cruz blew up my fucking spot. So it's like, you know, Cancun's off the list right now. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't my I don't want my constituents to see me super spreading, you know, when when my state is is in absolute duress. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think you're one of the only people who's able to travel freely um, for sport right now because you don't have any state at all. We don't know. Good, you're 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 point. in limbo. You you're know, right. Are you from Atlanta? Are you from New York? Are you from L.A.? Global Global CB. Um, you know, he could touch down in in Cancun. Um, and you know, if look, if Ted Cruz wanted to do a shot of tequila at Senior Frogs, I would not do it. And um. <laughs> But I would, you know, breaking bread with Teddy, you know, shirtless on the beach doesn't sound bad. You know, I feel like you really get inside that little twisted mind of his, you know, after he's had a few Mai Tais. First, he got the Morgan Wallen haircut and debuted that (laughs) last week. (laughs) All jokes aside, all jokes aside, 
Ted Cruz is one of the weirdest looking people that we've ever had the mm-hmm. pleasure of seeing on CNBC for hours and hours and hours. He he truly yeah. like it's you know when people get a beard and it makes them look better. His beard just it, it didn't it didn't do anything. It, it made him look arguably worse. I would say like if James Harden shaved, I mean we've all seen mm-hmm. it. He, even a stripper wouldn't have sex with him after he's given them a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so it, so it's like Ted, Ted. I mean Ted Cruz. Is I mean, dude, he he's not only an idiot, but he's truly hideous to look at. And I don't mean to, sh- I don't, you know, I don't mean to, but he's already back in Texas now. He already he he got shamed so badly on the internet that he has had to return to Texas before he even got to crack one corona on the sand. Yeah, well, you know, I saw he released a, a statement apology saying like his girls wanted to go for a, a, a weekend trip because they were off school. Does he have a, a girls meaning a harem or his his daughters? I don't think it's his it's his squad of hoes. I think it's it is his daughters. <laughs> it's not but... his stable. It's not his stable. <laughs> he I, I have various fly-ins in different <laughs> locations. Uh, hashtag team fly-ins. Uh, that feeling when the fly-in is me. I left you a key card at the Best Western. You knew you know the one. You know the one. We stayed here on the campaign. So so his excuse was, oh, I had to, I went I went to Mexico to be a good dad because my daughters had their school their school was off. But I guess was was their school off because it was literally um, like the fro- <laughs> there was no electricity and no running water because the school it's, is it's, in the in the state of Texas. I don't know if that's true. It is. Or not. It, is it is possible that the state of Texas uh, turning into Antarctica um, mm. could could have closed the schools. I would guess they would close the schools. I mean, it seems like a. I haven't read a lot about the the power grid failure, but it seems pretty insane what's going on there now. But I, I think that Ted should have just come clean about his apology and just said. I was invited by eight one eight tequila to go do <laughs> to do, do we're doing was, we're doing a little go, I was invited trip. to go <laughs> I was invited to go swim with some wild hogs in the beaches of Cancun. The the wild pigs will swim around me and then nip at my bikini string, try to pull it off. Uh, you know, all powered by eight one eight tequila. Anejo is my favorite blend. Of I course. I definitely think that the you know I think Ted Cruz is valuable as an influencer, and I think the, honestly you're giving the sauce to Kendall for free, and I'm not really I- I- excited mm-hmm. excited about it. But I, I do think that does Senator Ted Cruz, when his state is in crisis, is, is he hurting or helping if he's there? Because I feel like he's probably hurting. <laughs> I think it's better. I feel like it's probably better if he's just at the beach and his blackberries doesn't work. It's like when uh, we, you know when I'm trying to make my chocolate souffle special dinner and my life partner is in there like oh are you done with that bowl I can go wash it and I'm like just you're doing more harm than good right now I'm in a flow so Ted is like that Ted he's only going to cause harm in in the great state of Texas so they bought, booked him a one way flight to the Cancun but but I, it all feels like a, a psyop to me because why would he be in the same dorky ass terminal that we're all using it doesn't look like he's receiving any special treatment there's no so because no secret service there's no nothing i think and this was discussed in our i don't want to take credit for this but i think it's it's it was discussed in our group chat but it's optics he can't fly private because that looks bad as a senator as a public servant it looks bad to gas up the cessna to take your two bratty daughters <laughs> to a shithole uh vacation so it's 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 uh, yeah but but when you fly private it's private 
you don't. Nobody knows that you did that at all. Nobody knows that you took a Jason. Plane not not when you're Ted Cruz, bro. Not not honestly. I, I mean, I I agree with right. you in theory. That's why the term is 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 used and applied. But mm-hmm. I I think that Ted. You know, it's also unfortunately his. You know, his his look is unmistakable. Yeah, he's not he's not hard to spot. But I guess you know we don't know what it's like to be in his shoes. The wrath that he's receiving from Twitter and the the liberal media right now. He he may have weighed that versus the wrath that he would get from his daughters. You know the tantrum that they would throw if if he didn't come down there and get his eight one eight on with them. So he he chose you know the path of least resistance. You know his daughters may just be really annoying. I think this could actually. What if this? What if this? You know works well for him and and his his base is like he's a great father. He's a great family man. He this this could actually turn positive for Ted if he plays it right. Positive for Ted, negative for Cancun. Well, no one's getting hit harder than than my queen, Kendall. <laughs> Why? What happened to Kendall? I mean, other than 818 dropping. That's it, really. 818, 818, 818 dropping is her Bella Hadid homeboy could get it moment, I feel like. But <laughs> unfortunately, it's also, it's also her put the Pepsi can in front of the. Yes, yeah, the, her other moment. The riot, the riot. I, I mean, I just don't think that. I, I don't, I just don't. You know, of course, failing diet Prada is leading the charge. And it's like, if you want to do this, then, you know, you got to come after Bethany Frankel from the Housewives franchise for her skinny girl margarita empire. You have to, I mean, we got celebrities. I mean, you know, Rick Ross is not from uh, Cham- the Champagne region of France. I'm pretty sure. And that <laughs> do be- not come for Bel Air. Hashtag Black Bottle Boys. Hashtag Black Bottle Boys. We got to get him out of here. You know what I mean? Like, but a lot of people, a lot of people were, were commenting on that of like, why are we coming for Kendall so hard when like, Everybody, you know, the worst offender of all, of course, is the Jaja brand tequila from the failing. Fuck Jerry. Yeah, like that's the worst of all. But you know, like what you know, fucking Casamigos. They're they're making billies it's just, off of it's that. It's just, it's honestly, it, it really is like the issues with with that sort of stuff. And you know, I guess for lack of a better term, cultural appropriation are very real. But I just don't think it it is unfair to if it's a gender, all of a sudden you're mad. You know, you know, it's it's not. This has been going on for literally the beginning of time. Like with 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 celebrities starting alcohol brands for profit and not being concerned with maybe the the um, history logistics logistics the cultural meaning of it all. So I don't know why. I mean, it's crazy though. George and Randy were literally looked at as geniuses when they sold Casamigos for two billion. You know what I mean? Right. It, it lo- and I mean, also the the OG of OGs to do it. My main man, Paul Mitchell. Who I think he has a yes. net worth of of three three billion four billion because he was you know he's one of the owners of Patron yeah and when you hear that you're like wow what a savvy businessman what a great move to pivot from shampoo to tequila smart guy but you know it's it's the same exact thing as everything else every every use your use your brain guys if people are that rich let me tell you what they don't care about anything but money. That, that that's yeah, what that's that's, that's you don't they're not worried about a f- paying a fair wage that the, the, the way to get become a fucking multimillionaire is not paying a fair wage that's just how unfortunately that's how the system is set up mm-hmm. and it will change i think and, and I, don't, I think this is bringing attention to a real issue i just think it's a little bit like why do you have to pick on the hot chick you know what i mean like justice justice for kenny <laughs> justice for kenny yeah and also, you know, and, and people are saying like, oh, it's bad that these family-run distilleries in Mexico, you know, they they're unable to have brands of their own because these people are going in and poaching it. And all. but like, name a better business move than a, than the Jenner or a, a or a Kardashian being like, hey, you guys make the shit, we'll sell it. 
Yeah. And then, like, yeah. like that's truly a deal, like, no better person to partner with for your no, sales. That's a, that's a good point. It's, it's, it's like when people were saying Lil Michaela is taking jobs away from real models. It's like, I don't really, I don't really think that's a, uh, I don't know if that's like a real issue, guys. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think that like they're getting, I mean, I, I hopefully people are being paid. And I think the issue is they're not being paid fairly or enough is, right, is, is right, the right. issue. I mean, I think they're, of course, being paid for their work. But, but I think that we would expect more from our rich Anglo celebrities to go down there and not pillage, pillage the community. Hopefully they're, they're buying their product at a fair price and everyone is going to be making a lot of money on it. That's, that's what I would love to see happen and i think kendall is wise enough and to make that change to make you know to make that decision and also rich enough and young enough and woke enough to to do the right thing good good point maybe kendall is the person for this because she can actually do it you know she's got the power she's young enough where it will like actually affect a generation that that well we all know that chris did that deal and she's a savage ass bitch good point um chris reach out if you would like to work with how long gone we're very open to representation um Mm -hmm. We do have a guest on the podcast today, Jason. Um, we're going to cross the pond. You um, love to cross the pond, don't you? Yeah. Uh, uh, Armand uh, Nafi um, hosts a podcast that came across my desk a little while ago um, called Are We On Air? That's like a, a music show. And this motherfucker has gotten the wildest guests of any person I've ever seen on a podcast. So we're talking... We're literally this guy's had Jane Birkin on his podcast. Uh Jarvis Cocker, Lou Doyan, Patty Smith, Gia Coppola, Jonathan Schneibel, Licky Lee, Tiga, Crazy. Seth Troxler. Bro, he had, the list goes on. This motherfucker had Wolfgang Tillman's on a podcast. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but I believe he has deep connections to the to the uh Andre Balaz hotel group. I believe he's he's in a in a long term relationship with the Chateau Marmont, uh, as well as the standard hotels um R. I. P. to the to the Hollywood Standard. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that, but uh, let's give him a jingle and and uh, find out what he's been up to. Okay, lovely, lovely, bro. Bye. Bye. Armand, welcome to How Long Gone. How are you, bro? Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're we're very good. But we both noticed upon uh, uh, upon viewing that you have a um an an orange tipped microphone, but it looks to be wireless. Is that is that this is the most advanced thing we've ever seen on this podcast? It looks it looks like a karaoke microphone that costs more than my house. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. look at this. <laughs> well, first of all, it didn't come with the orange. That was me. I mean, I was looking for a yellow one, a honey colored yellow, so it goes in its brand. Yes, it goes with my brand. Are we on air, right? But I found this orange one, which is you know seventies, which I love. But I don't know if you can see in the camera. It's actually. It's wireless, but it has an SD card inside. It records into the mic. Wow. And the mic, and the mic uh, levels everything automatically. So if my voice goes up or down, it, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, uh, it's okay, co- you said it's the Lamborghini of microphones. Are you able to tell us what the sticker price on this thing costs? Well. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you got it for free, but I want to yeah, know you if, get- if someone. No, I, I did not. You, you want to hear the funny story? <laughs> One of my first interviews for Are We On Air, I interviewed Tiga, you know, the DJ, yes. the Canadian mm-hmm. DJ. And um, he has a fantastic podcast uh, called yeah. Last Party on Earth. And, Very smart guy. Yeah, and I interviewed him with just some regular Sennheiser and a Zoom recorder. And after the interview, it's like, you should get the Sen- uh, the Yellow Tech. I was like, what's Yellow Tech? It's like this German brand, you know, made in Germany, handmade. And 
uh, and it's incredible. It's like obviously wireless and fantastic sound quality. Great for travel. And exactly. And as we're not in a studio and you don't have guests coming to you, mm -hmm. I, I need something more handheld and portable. Jason, this okay, looks, we, this we looks, still need the price tag, Armand. Five hundred. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm looking to invest. This looks like Jason. This looks right up my alley, doesn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I, I think they start at like nine hundred or something. They have different. Yeah. You can change. You can change the top, the head, yeah, depending yeah. on what kind of uh, yeah, sound you're yeah, looking yeah, for. Yeah. So it can just it, the price go up. And I bought nine hundred's not bad, Jason. Why are you acting like that? That's an, an investment yeah. in life, bro. Or I stand with Armand totally. on this. I stand with Armand. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to get my money up apparently <laughs> because that's how much my computer costs, not just the fucking <laughs> microphone. But well, I'm proud of you guys, and I'm happy that we can afford such beautiful microphones. <laughs> I know Tiga obviously has a lot of money from his international DJ career. Well, here's the funny thing: I didn't know the brand Yellowtech, and while because obviously now I'm, I'm, I was in Germany, well, I am in Germany right now, but they are very close to Cologne, where I grew up, mm -hmm. which I didn't know that that. Because I had some issues with them, like there was something with the sound. And I was looking, where is this place? Because there's only one website, and I bought it from a dealer online in the States. And they were half an hour away from my parents' house. I mean, so I just mm. wrote them, and they invited me to come over, and they <laughs> fixed everything. And they, the, the guy who, inv the, the, the main technical guy, he literally sat down in the conference room with me for an hour explaining me everything. Like, Damn, that's oh, sick. This is like an. It's 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 BBC level kind of. I didn't know that. I didn't you know, know Ger Germans. You know, no offense. Germans aren't known for their hospitality, so that's that's an impressive. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's an impressive invite to receive. And I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. What? what so you're you're German and you're in Germany now. Well, I'm Persian. Okay. I was born in Cologne, and I moved to London when I was 17. And then from London, I moved to New York, and from New York to LA. Hence, uh, and I live in LA. But then I came back to Europe because of the pandemic last summer, mm -hmm. and I was planning on going back in fall. But here we are. There's no. There's no. Where point. in LA do you normally live? Uh, in Hollywood. I'm literally Hollywood. behind the Magic Castle. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow! Right down. Right down the street from me, TJ. Well, our mom. When you're back, yeah. we, we have to link. But we're you know we're big Definitely. fans of Persian culture on this podcast. I don't know if you know that we are. I mean, Tarangeles, Tarangeles. <laughs> we're just... okay. Yeah. Once once you come back, we'll all pull up. We'll smoke some weed and hit Mashti Malone. Okay. Mashti Malone. We've we've had we've had it's a lot of Persian best. discussions on this podcast. Uh, Former guest Rostam, the producer and musician, uh, he, he we talked yeah, to him yeah. about some of his cooking. But what is your what are you sick in the kitchen with some of the Persian specialties, or do you leave that up to mom? Yeah, you a rice man, you a stew man. Let's get into it, Chief. I, I, <laughs> I'm a rice man. Well, obviously my mom is the best cook, as every Persian guy would say. Right? Good answer. You don't eat in the restaurants; you eat at home because it's such an in-depth. Uh, recipe and I mean I don't know if you ever saw that episode with um, Bourdain when he went to Tehran which was like his lifelong dream and took him like five years and he, he, he was mind blown because the amount of time and skills and knowledge goes into like a dish mm -hmm. and it's not one dish they do like when you go to someone's home they do like 20 dishes and they spend 48 hours on this you know mm -hmm. and massive amounts but here's a funny story um when I was still living in London, I was, uh, I was a young student, and I was the assistant of Sir Norm Rosenthal, who I also had on the show, a big uh, art curator and museum yeah. director of the Royal Academy of Arts, and my mentor. And I was obviously young and hungry, and I was, like, I was convincing him. He had this fantastic house in Soho, full of art. I was like, why don't I? Because he was always interested in, in the, what's happening in the young 
scenes, you know, and music and, and fashion. And I was, of course, keen and hungry to meet the establishment, so to say. Mm. And I convinced them, why don't we do monthly Persian dinners? <laughs> you know, like mm. at your house, I cook, I cook, and we invite four of like older of an older crowd and four of the younger. You invite your old rich friends. I'll invite my young hot friends. We'll <laughs> yeah, all yeah. eat a bunch of fucking stew, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and literally, I invited him, you know, I mean, back then, Felicity Jones, who's now a big actress. Yes, she was like yeah, an up-and-coming actress and, and, and a younger artist. But I, on behalf of, uh, of Norman, I invited um, Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. And uh, James Damn. Damn, this like, is sounding... You know, I'm not, I'm not really a big <laughs> stew guy, but if Ronnie's offering, I'm eating. That, 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 it's I, would, I, would love, I would love to eat some Kashkabedamjun with a member of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And what what do you call this again? Yeah, you and call here's this. the funny bit. I, I I you know I literally googled the recipe. I went and bought all the stuff. I was in the kitchen and I was like, and I was doing albulu palu, which is like sour cherry rice, which is one of the most popular dishes. My favorite. And I had no idea how to cook it, so I called my mom. <laughs> Everybody's in the living room, and I'm like literally on the phone to my mom cooking the whole thing. <laughs> She's like, okay, you start, you start uh, soaking the rice three days ago, and you're like, Mom, the Rolling Stones are here right now, and we're running out of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going out for cigarettes, but when he comes back, I need to have some fucking rice on the table. Okay, this is serious. This is very serious. Damn. That sounds Damn. like a – well, you, you were – I was looking through all the roster of the guests who have been on your show – and speaking of food, maybe the most envious guest is uh, is Francis Malman. Yeah, Francis. Yeah, that was a very poetic. How did you How did you link with the God? I mean, obviously we're all big fans, especially since the Netflix show. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I mean, he is the the face, the winner of that whole series. I mean, his poetic approach to life and food. It was just like, oh, everybody wants to be this bohemian it's poet. Incredibly appealing. Like the whole lifestyle, the way it's packaged, and the way I just it looks. Even for me, who hates the outdoors, I'm sold. Like, I'm sold on his whole shit. I'm sold on his whole shit. Yeah, just drink some dirty coffee in some <laughs> ditch, smoke a Cuban cigar, and then have, like, 11 very hot women who want to have sex with you every day because the way you cook meat. Oh, baby. I mean, you can tell he's such a player. <laughs> such a player. Like, it, the, my, when I first discovered him, I went on his Instagram, and I looked at all the people that he followed, and it's only, like, Colombian newscast weather girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like Why south not? american Why newscaster not? hotties and you know that he's has sex with all of them that's, god bless the guy that's cool that's very cool i also he's got he's got a good look too you know what i mean his his sense oh, of, I, I mean i want to look like him in a couple of i mean i'm already heading that way and the belly's growing <laughs> and the hair's gone but <laughs> i just need more poetry books and <laughs> yeah yeah people like that like they live such an unhealthy lifestyle in the eyes of you know modern times but i feel like people with that energy and spirit they're gonna la- outlive most most people their same age who are living you know a quote-unquote cleaner lifestyle i think totally absolutely and uh, the way i got in touch with him was uh, chef eddie who's the the head chef for andre balas like at sunset beach and also at the chateau who's also a dear friend also we call it balearic it's our lifestyle the balearic lifestyle yes, yes. and uh, he was <laughs> and he was cooking for francis uh, i think patagonia or somewhere for a season and they became big friends and i think he wanted him to work for him full time but 
and when I and when I heard this, I'm like, dude, you got to connect me. I mean, he's the maestro. I mean, I'm sure he has plenty of great stories, and he did. Mm -hmm. And of course, his approach to music and talking about Mala so poetically, and in combination with the food and his life story, and mm -hmm. oh, it was just golden. You were you were mentioning you live the Balearic lifestyle, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm familiar with that word only because of electronic dance music. I know that you know it's kind of tied into. The 70s chic, laid back Ibiza, you know, a little yes. bit of a European hippie vibe. What, what yeah, put, do you think put our, you consider? What, what is the Balearic lifestyle? Put to our you? dumb American listeners on to the Balearic lifestyle, please. Does Culture it have them. to be on vinyl? Can I play CDJs? Or how does <laughs> yeah, it work? Yeah, so let's start with that. Let's start <laughs> with the basics. So the Balearic, Balearic Islands, uh, the islands in the Mediterranean, yes. that's Ibiza, Mallorca, Menorca, Formentera. It's and mm. uh, the Balearic sound that you talk about is actually kind of it's very broad. You know what it is? It's it's very eclectic, and it, it's a sound mm. that the DJs in the '80s and early '90s in Ibiza created. It starts from the chill out sound to mm -hmm. playing like uh, electronic pop from the '80s and some you know it's 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 a mood more than anything. It's not mm. a genre, and and then it's a lifestyle, uh, of course. It, With a lifestyle, so it's more an attitude and an, and a view on life more than it's actually a sound or a place. And of course, what do you think that attitude and view on life is? Um, well, here's a reference to give you an, uh, a whole as a whole. <laughs> it's it's a late no, it's <laughs> it's a late. <laughs> <laughs> I have <laughs> there's a little delay here. And I'm <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, it's it's a lesser fairness. It's very laid back, but and you're a bit more relaxed. It's I mean maybe it's a sun drenched uh, uh, outlook, but. Uh, rest in peace, the god of the Balearic sound, uh, Jose Padilla, who also just recently passed away on cancer, and he was also, I had his last interview, he was on the show, and I had the chance to book him two, three times at Sunset Beach, one of the properties I was working on in the Hamptons, mm. and with this music series called Balearic Sundays that I did for a couple of years, and even, he, this guy had a life, I mean, he died quite young, I think in his late 60s, but um, chain smoking, coffee, Mm -hmm. Addicts in his heydays, coke addict, mm -hmm. uh, playing 12 hour sets, you know, and just living the life out there and, and you know, just, just doing his thing. I mean, he, but unfortunately, it has his downside as well. I mean, he was broke at the end, he was sick, and I hope he wasn't lonely. But mm -hmm. um, I guess that's it. And we talked about Paco He lived life to the fullest. Yeah, we talked about Paco de Lucia as well, you know, who also died a couple of years ago, a flamenco legend. And uh, he lived that, he, I mean, he's another version of the Balearic lifestyle, if you want to call it. You know, they lived for their passion. Jason, you know? mm -hmm. Jason, I feel like, so Jason, I, I don't know if you know this, Armand, but Jason is a retired DJ who in his heyday was quite popular mm -hmm. in, the, in the LA scene. <laughs> Jason, I feel like you could revive your career as a Balearic lifestyle DJ, I think this sounds like smoking cigarettes, yeah, drinking I've, coffee. I've always been drawn. <laughs> I've always been drawn to the, to the Balearic sound of you know, kind of chilled out house music. You know, Italo. It's a little all, all that combined. Your your shirt is unbuttoned all the way. Yes, there is yes. no undershirt or no shirt. Let's yeah, say no, no shirt. shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, like, that's it, more what I do. <laughs> it's a group of people who can be addicted to cocaine and also be chill 
is sort of like <laughs> the, bol- the Balearic gift. If you could pull that off somehow, you know, welcome like home. That. But you know what? The Balearic sound and the lifestyle in Ibiza doesn't really exist anymore. It's such a small pocket, and it, obviously it's a commercialized... I mean, towards the end, before the pandemic, it was the New Vegas, you know? I mean, it was like big clubs, big names, big numbers, very commercial, EDM-focused. But, you know, one of the few pockets, of course, is DJ Harvey's night, uh, Mer- Mercury Rising at... at uh, oh, what's the venue called again? Iconic Hotel, small, where Freddie Mercury used to stay. Um, and he still, his series is amazing, his residency, you know, and he still has that sound. It's- I was always told, though, about Ibiza particularly that it's got, obviously it's got like sunburned, like British tourists, you know, is, is the main appeal. But they're, the beautiful side is really beautiful. I've never, I've been to Mallorca and Menorca and all that stuff a few times, but I've never been to Ibiza because I just, I, just for whatever reason. But I do think the in America, the the rep, the reputation is definitely like, not great. It's big room EDM, more Jason style than mine. You know what I mean? And and I do think I, I we need to we need to get some we need to get the explainer from a veteran about how beautiful it can be. The island itself is ridiculous. It's beautiful, and the north is where it's at. Really, if you want to spend some time there, it's it's just gorgeous, and of course, a beautiful lifestyle and beautiful wines and and food. The south is where um, is where um, the parties are, the clubs are, mm-hmm. and uh, and I mean. Talking about the British tourists, they've always been there, especially yeah. since the 80s. They're the one that kind of made the island popular within that world. Um, and EDM is, is a fraction of it, is part yeah. of it. But, you know, they're all the great DJs. But I also, over the years, spoke to some other labels and DJs who wouldn't even dare to go there because there's, it's not their sound. It's not their audience. Actually, one of the conversations I had with the guys from Too Many DJs, Soul Wax, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they always want to have their Balearic sound. They wanted to play on, in, on, on the island. And that's where they came up with, with James Murphy of LCD Sound System with the idea of um, Tespacio. You know, they created their own um, uh, club series, you know, with the Macintosh amps. You saw that. Yeah, cr- yeah, yeah. So they created that so they can transport that to the island and other locations. So it's like a move- portable dance floor basically with the ridiculous sounds did you go there were you going there a lot when you were younger or no. is this a place you haven't spent that much time I, i've been there I've, i mean obviously i spent a couple of summers there but it, it wasn't like i have to go every summer it's also i love going off season not during august italian month you know italian <laughs> or in month. july it's just <laughs> <laughs> well i mean if you because you're saying so just to be clear career-wise you, you've done a lot of music supervision for the balaz hotels is that is that safe to say yeah so it started really in london uh, i mean i started really with 15 16 djing and like, yeah. at home you know that's how it started but uh, when i moved to london i started doing uh, uh, nights at, at sketch back then in the early 2000s and i was going out every night like to nag 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 and trash i mean one of my heroes is era alcon who did trash for 10 years master mm-hmm. and um and just listening and learning and and then as i mentioned when i was assisting norm rosenthal at the ra through that i started find my niche where i was starting to curate music for like events and like in the art world and for galleries and and doing you know gigs here and there and through that doing that for a couple of years while i was at university i uh 
found my little niche and I started working, doing some events with, for Jay Joplin at YQ Gallery. And through Jay, I met Andre when I was graduating from uni and I wanted to move to New York. And the Boom Boom Room was the new shit in the world. You know, everybody was talking about the Boom Boom Room. The best place to do cocaine in New York, I still, I still swear by that. <laughs> so I, I still I'll, I'll put, put that on God. You know what I mean? And I've been to some, we've all been to some legendary parties there. But I do think that that place specifically brought back like some glamour. Because I think that in my day of like when I moved to New York and I was going out a lot it was like lit like and just gross yeah i mean i like those places just as much but i do think the boom boom room is like oh you feel like you need to put on a jacket you, you know what i mean it feels yeah nice and well you have to yeah you actually had to but <laughs> sophisticated you know it's sophisticated but it was yeah, still yeah. not a carhartt jacket either not a carhartt jacket no a real but, jacket i mean talking about lit and and the beatrice i mean iconic little fun little yeah uh, places and then the boomer room came which i think was like the end of an era of new york as i called it before the before the iphone appeared you know 2007 yeah. was a mm -hmm. year and slowly creeped crept in into nightlife into our culture and changed everything for the better or for the worse but mm -hmm. boomer room was literally like the the new studio 54 of that generation i remember the first time i walked in you it felt like you walked into a champagne bottle and you have like <laughs> madonna on your left and mm -hmm. on the right and this designer there jumping on a bar and like it was like where am i you're, you know? you're breezing over <laughs> one of my favorite boom boom room uh you know icons Lindsay lohan um a classic that was yeah. that Lo lohan in her prime <laughs> just seated on a booth looking twisted at the boom boom room of a, 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 a true vision a vision a vision really um yeah. drinking gray goose out of a poland springs bottle <laughs> exactly yes 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 so what were you what, gone are the days what were you doing at the boom boom room were you djing were you throwing parties all of the above uh, uh, well I, I was hired as a music director of the boom room okay. well at the standard but the boom room mainly not yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um and honestly i i was 25 years old i just i was a kid from london and then i had the hottest spot in the world and go make some magic and i'm like uh i'm happy to dj kind of vibe it was like crazy like and and they want me to start doing all the, these bookings and bring in a vibe which i eventually managed to do but it took me a while in the beginning because it was just like mania you know and yeah. i was mm -hmm. i had to find my spot at first you know suddenly you're like in the champions league of this in this you know <laughs> okay don't make don't Fun. make don't make soccer references on this american podcast okay no one's gonna no one's gonna fucking get that good try okay damn <laughs> okay so yeah. do you think that now now that you're a little older you're a little wiser you've you've gone through the club do you feel the need to go back? Do you think you're retired? What, what do you? How much more club time is left in your life? Uh, not much. Um, <laughs> I moved to LA. <laughs> not, not much. <laughs> I not mean, much. listen. Here's here's the difference. Being five nights a week in a row in a spot, you can do this for a few years, and you can do this in your twenties. Mm -hmm. Also, because you want to be in the early twenties, you're doing this for free. Yeah. And, you, and when you're in the industry, you do it to the late twenties because you're getting paid for doing it. Mm -hmm. But the moment I started hitting thirty, I'm like. Now it's getting tricky, you know, and what else? And uh, and that's when, after five years being the music director for the Standard Hotels, that's when I was trying to figure my way out of it and what's next. And that's where Andre Andre Balaz made me the offer to move to LA and be the guy at the Chateau Maman. And of course, I mean, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and uh, opening my own <laughs> and opening my own private little bar at the Bar Maman, you know, because he needed new life. And we were working on this for three years now. And I created a gem, a beautiful little analog, beautiful rotary mixer, sound system, warm, private, little fuzzy, little beautiful spot. Mm -hmm. 
but it never opened because of COVID. So here we are. <laughs> so you're saying, so you're saying that just down the street, I have an audiophile paradise, and it's just not being used. It's you collected dust. You don't even dust. know. <laughs> you don't even know. So well, what space in the chateau was it? Is that is that the old Hanari or is no? It that's where Bamamon. We, okay, we okay. shut down Bamamon. I think three, okay. four years ago. And the first thing I said, we have to connect the spaces. Like, yeah. It, it, towards the end, Bamamon. I mean, it, in its heyday, it was a hot spot. But after twenty years, it, it, it's lived no, it its needed, life. It needed a refresh. It, was, it needed a refresh. A refresh. It was dead and a bit trashy at the end. And it's like if you couldn't get in the chateau, they would send you to Bamamon. You know, I was like, first mm-hmm. of all, we have to reverse this. You can stay at the chateau. You can be a regular that doesn't give you access to the space, right? It's like no, Armand. I like where your head's at, bro. We need things to mm-hmm. be more fucking exclusive. And I'm glad now that I know you, I could actually get in. So this is really beneficial for us. <laughs> uh, this is really beneficial for us. It really backs well, up my new my new theory. You know, here's the thing: this whole pandemic, there's going to be the Roaring Twenties eventually, right? And uh, travel won't be back to the level it was before. It's going to take a few years. So everything, they call it deglobalization, yeah. right? Everything is mm-hmm. going back to localism and you have to reconnect with your local audience. So everything is going to be on a smaller scale and it's going to be more intimate and it's going to be more real, mm-hmm. which is even, it's for what we do. Amazing, right? Great. So yeah, I create this little analog spot and I put all my love and heart into it. How many people fit in this little spot though? Did we did we do some did we do tear down some walls here or is this like something f- from 150 to 220 something depends how that, that it's like two areas. I don't know if you remember it was like two So like, I yeah. can show up. Okay, so I can and, show up with six dudes on a Saturday night at midnight. I just text you and we're good to go. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds great, man. I can't wait because two hundred is pretty. You know, that's pretty big. Like that's that's fine. It's not a fifty person. Yeah, thanks for that, Armand. Thank you. It's big, but uh, the idea for me was, I was this is my personal private living room. Yeah, you know, and you can sit on the dance floor and oh, dance floor in, in you know brackets, but uh, uh, and still have a conversation. And that was the key. So the sound system spent so much time and money and uh, attention to it to a point. And this, for me, this is where the circle closes and comes back. My heroes growing up, in terms of DJing, of course, the guys from Too Many DJs mm-hmm. uh, and Ara Alkan. And, he, and I never met them. I saw him, obviously, over the years here and there, and maybe a brief encounter, but nothing real. And then when they came to L.A., this was, I think, in January. They had a gig. It was a Grammy's, I don't know, something. And I got to interview them for Are We On Air? So I'm like, and we had dinner together at Chateau, and we befriended us, and we really liked each other. It was great. I gave them a tour of the club, and I was nervous. <laughs> Showing the master nerds when it comes to technology, yeah. analog sound and everything. Mm-hmm. To suddenly see them from their cool in their suits, you know how they are, super smooth. And they were in the club. I show them the space. They're, of course, loving the space. And then I show them the amp rack. And I'm like, ooh. And then suddenly they're full on, like, magnets jump on the amps and just, like, analyze everything, like, in detail, like, super nerding out. And I'm like, start to film it for a few seconds, <laughs> crying. I'm like, this is the most beautiful moment of my life. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. My hero's loving my space and my Soul sound. Soul likes the way I plugged in my RCA cables. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a great you story, know, though. That's a, heart, that's a heartwarming story, though. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that is a beautiful story. I, so you, you pour... Well, hopefully, hopefully, once everyone gets our Fauci ouchie, We'll be able to go there and watch Daft Punk do cocaine like we were supposed to do. So yeah, what do you exactly. think that what do you think the timeline now is the is the chateau changing their style? 
Like, is is it going members only or is that a rumor? Well, Andre did say that, in, I think, in the Wall Street Journal a couple of months ago. And honestly, since then, so many people reached out to me like, is this happening? Can, how can I become a member? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I haven't really spoken to him in detail about this and I don't know what the exact plans are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see the business model work. In the end of the day, Andre's hotels have always been kind of like a private member, only that he didn't charge for it. Mm-hmm. So I think with the pandemic, the hotel industry in general, I think is reconfiguring how to how is this going to work, especially over the next two, three years, four years until you know it's kind of becoming stabilized and normal again. So is this turned to private members? I can't really tell you. It might be, but not in a way that everybody thinks. Like yeah, suddenly yeah, it's yeah. a shut door, no one can get in. I think it, the idea was more friends and family can ha- can be involved more in a you know you can basically have your room or your suite or something on a more long term basis. So that's I think that was the idea behind it. But don't quote me on this. So I can't really. Uh, no, no, no. I just I think it, it was a big it was a big story when it came out and the standard Hollywood closed. Which, oh, huge! Which was yeah, a, 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 sad. A blow a blow to all of us. Uh, that that yeah. I mean, I stayed there for years and partied there, etc. But I think that that um, you know the the I would say you know hospitality's probably been the most affected by this. You know, uh, one of the most effective affected uh, industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you've heard some shit, you know what I mean, on your on your side. Um, but what have you been yeah. doing to stay busy? I mean, what are you what are you doing? Are you just in Germany, you fucking know what? schnitzeling? Like, what are you doing? No, uh, no. So uh, I first of all, I was like, okay. I, I during the lockdown, I just stayed in LA. I didn't move. Figure out what's what are the next steps. Obviously, there's nothing happening in the hotel world. So and then by time it was june i was like okay let's do a road trip from la to new york you know figure like do this at least and then head to europe for the summer because obviously european summers are the best anyway and i was like let's see what the world looks like in fall but thankfully i start working creating this my interview podcast series yeah. are we on air like a year ago and i already had like four episodes in my pocket by the time the lo- first lockdown happened and I was like, you know what? Now's the time to launch it. And just mm-hmm. like you guys, now the pandemic, of course, like so much social uh, online digitalization of our world suddenly happened. And, and I was just so lucky. And I think that's just serendipity and the universe that I already had this pretty much ready, set, go, even though it was meant, not meant to be launched in April uh, in 2020. And since then, I've just been going weekly and just growing and growing and turn this, trying to turn this into a business. And it's, and it's just... As you know, it's a passion project and it's so fulfilling. It's like, it's like good for the soul, right? And, mm-hmm. and one thing led to another. And I, my other venture, my, my music branding company called Studio Noi, which I had for a couple of years, starting to pick up through that as well, which yep. I didn't expect. You know? and, and, uh, and I started mm-hmm. to work with like, new clients like Montclair. And, and again, all these brands, they're now trying to figure out how to become more relevant in this new yeah. digital I mean, world we've and seen, how they can find we've seen that we've seen that as well i think the podcast is becoming like a yeah i mean i think you're just in people's minds more uh when it comes to the other yeah. the other work and i think it's 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 been greatly beneficial for it's a sales tool yeah it's a sales tool you know for lack of a better term um you know and i think that we've yeah. we've we've definitely uh you know experienced that same kind of thing 
when we were going through this, uh, you know, I've listened to a few episodes, and I mean, just the the talent level is fucked up, man. Like the the guest the guest level is fucked up. <laughs> no one can touch you mm-hmm. from what from what I've seen, and it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like you're approaching a lot of people who are highbrow in a way where they might not listen to podcasts. They might not even be that familiar with the medium. So, are you doing a lot of like kind of explaining, or are they just like Armand? I trust you. What time do you want to talk? First of all, I, I, I have this little triangle. I'm between Berlin, Milan, and Paris, right? So where a lot of I picked up a lot of the European guests as well, and um, it started literally with people in my address book. That, yeah, you know, I started with that, and then now I'm getting to a point where it's like maybe one contact away, or maybe mm-hmm. not even two. Like I try to go di- be direct as possible. And uh, yeah, I've been very lucky and fortunate. And season two that I'm working on right now is also going to be like bangers, and I can't wait. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know what's funny? As you know, is the moment you start growing and you get more and more credits in the beginning, yeah, it was Armand from Chateau. But now it's like, yeah, Ariana, and they see the list of guests I had and also the, some press, and, and it's getting a bit easier. I mean, but interesting more with the music world and the art world yeah the movie industry is still a no-go area like they're not allowed to talk they can't talk they're too scared to talk especially the americans so it's very hard to <laughs> penetrate that we are ter- um, we are terrified to talk and somehow we managed to do it four times a week on this podcast and i would like to be recognized for our bravery <laughs> and thank you for that uh from, our, from, our, from our european fr- from our cheers. european friends who, cheers. cheers who are living safely but i mean i do think that you know, for us, a lot of it is like we want to we want to talk to people that we find interesting, and and you know, mm. if, so, if some of those happen to be bigger names, that's great. Um, and I think you just kind of have to pepper it all in and 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 do the best you can because I mean, with, with someone like you, you know, I, I would be like at this point, I just trust whoever you're having on. The, the list is strong enough where if it's somebody I've never heard of or I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with, I'm going to listen to it because I trust you and I know that you've built this thing that and that that's how it's supposed to work. And I think we've tried to do something similar where it's like hey you might not know who everyone is but you're coming back because you trust us and you you like the process um and i think that's kind of when podcasting hits like the best point from a work perspective yeah that's exactly uh my that was the idea behind it, it was because everything i do is eclectic i like things eclectic like from my dj sets that play music from world music and disco or whatever same with the lineup, and it's exactly, and you know, coming back, going where, where I started with like Norm Rosenthal, one of the biggest art curators, mm-hmm. and the, the idea of curation has always stuck with me. I like to be more not on stage, one step behind it, and kind of put things together, be in an exhibition or this lineup. And, and then that's exactly by having the more established names, and then in between something younger or something you might not know, it's a bit more niche, but then you listen to it and you're like, oh my God, this is either the next generation name mm-hmm. or something already so niche and at its best. For instance, I'm not going to go after every chef, right? I'm going after the ones that aesthetically make sense to me or that I'm interested or has a story to tell, like Francis Marmon. <clears throat> yeah, I think Jason Jason and I have like a lot of overlapping interests, but they're also separate. You know, I'm like pretty entrenched in like New York media world. He's more entrenched in electronic music and food. So we get to do all of those things and it feel pretty natural because I think if you're just, if you're curious enough, uh, you know, it, it will come out and it will be good. I, I feel that's, that's true if you do this long enough. When we have a DJ on that you don't know anything about, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to have somebody who's not a part of that world asking, you know, layman questions because it's just more fun that way versus mm-hmm. two people nerding out over a subject and, you know, it can alienate a, a large portion of the audience. Just the same way it's funny when 
you know, you're having a New York media elite writer person and I'm asking them like, do you like cereal or something? You know, like <laughs> whatever it is. Like it's it's good to it's good to have that little mix up, I think. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that, so you've been it sounds like you've been very productive in your in your uh your lockdown and in and, and you're in you're in Cologne or, are you in Cologne? Are you in? Where are you? Are you in Germany? You're in Cologne. No, I'm in Berlin. I'm in Berlin right now. Okay. No, I'm in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. I've said this before on the podcast, but Berlin, Berlin is my least favorite city I've ever been to um, in my life. <laughs> um, and and we've yeah. had we've had one other guest try to convince me of why it's great. So I would love to hear your pitch for Berlin, or is it just a resting place for now? It's well for me. I'm, I'm just here for two weeks. I'm heading to Milan, I think, in March. Uh, but. Um, it's it's a great spot as a base for a minute, mm-hmm. but uh, the thing with Berlin, it, it obviously lived for twenty since the nineties, since the wall came down. It lived off this like bohemian no man's land image, right? And you have all these free space, all the artists move, all the DJs came, the music, the techno, and all that stuff. Incredible times, hundred percent, you know. Uh, and I think that kind of lasted that the true vibe of that i think to like 2010 ish something like that again i think the iphone plays a big role in that as well yeah mm-hmm. in social media um but also every city changes and and just like new york right now you know and gentrifies and 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 moves that part away but i think what and it, listen it has a lot of great highbrow culture like especially in the art world and great galleries mm-hmm. and so forth but i think it doesn't have the it didn't grow up the right way. That's my point of view. Mm. And I actually had this conversation with a couple of hospitality, big hospitality people here in Berlin today who live of it. And, but they also say the same thing. Yeah. It's what's the next, what's next, you know, cause now all these like little clubs are closing and the spaces are disappearing more and more. And you can't just live off uh, Italian and Spanish tourist weekend. They call they used to call it easy jet tourism. Yeah. They come, they didn't even book hotels. They didn't even book hotel rooms. They would just buy a cheap flight for 30 euros. Come party. And st- party 48 hours at Berghain and go fly back, you know? <laughs> so yeah. they wouldn't even spend that much money in the city. But that's also kind of now disappearing and it's going to take a couple of years until yeah. that lifestyle comes back. So um, w- what is the city? It's a great city, uh, especially in the summer. Uh, I highly recommend if you want to go, I haven't visited, it's fun, right? It's, it, it's still, in, in comparison to other capital cities, it's fun. still a lot of freedom and a lot of fun, right? Yep. Especially if you come from the States, it's like, wait, what's going on? But <laughs> are there better cities? Uh, would I live somewhere else? Yes. What is, what's going on in Milan? Now, Milan is an underrated favorite of mine. I love Milan. I could live there myself, actually. Um, you know, I realize, obviously, my vibe and how I like like to live my life. I guess it kind of resonates with the Italians and vice versa. And you mean you're just a, a, yeah, laid, of, a laid back guy who loves espresso and cigarettes? Uh, I don't smoke, but the espresso in the morning for me has to be in a cup. Has to be the right espresso. Has to be the right vibe. I don't even like coffee that much, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the coffee. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> just having that thirty second. You sound like me in restaurants. Like I'm not a big food guy, but I love restaurants because it's got to be done right it's got to be yeah. right and if it feels exactly. good i'm happy listen it's all about the ambiance hence the director d'ambiance it's all about the ambiance for me <laughs> so you're so you're you're in milan you're sipping espresso and you're just gonna vibe out for a little while well <laughs> mm, well vibe out. i'm there for work to work okay like uh again like one of my clients uh well and hopefully a few more <laughs> for the next few months <laughs> but yeah so i'm just kind of kind of work there from there and again that's the beauty of what's happening right now and everybody being forced to work from their laptops and phone you can technically work from anywhere which is a blessing and a curse at the same time 
but for the time being, I am trying to use that. I'm happy to be bouncing around Europe and to work from here and there. The interviews, most of them are, at least in the winter season, via Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the summer, you know, like, I mean, can you imagine? I was at Jane, Jane Birkin's home in Paris in September, sitting at a dinner table having a conversation. I mean, you know, so I hope the summer is going to be even honestly, Armand. Like honestly, Armand, I can't imagine it. I have to be honest with you. We, we, you know, we've because we've done this podcast, you know, since March, and it's always been remote. And Jason and I have only been in the same room one time ourselves, and we live, you know, ten minutes from each other. Um, and part of I, mm. I don't know, Jason, how do you feel now? Because at points, I think this was better. I think people felt more relaxed in some ways, and like being in a room with mics set up. But I don't know. I can't mm -hmm. tell where I feel. I don't know how I feel about it now. I love the ability to record remotely. I, I still think that there is magic to be had when a group of people are in the same room talking together. But there's also certain things that I wouldn't want to say if I was looking somebody right in their eyes, <laughs> especially something potentially, you know, like... You're afraid of the fist? <laughs> I'm afraid of the fist or just, you know, like I'm, I'm able to get away with a quick little aside or a jab about someone or something and have it be enjoyed by the listener on their AirPods. But if I'm looking right at them, I might think twice before I mm. insult their, their family or culture. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that I think that two three ways. I agree with the audio only. It's way more intimate, and yeah. it's it it goes literally straight into you, and it's it goes into into you, right? Yeah. Then there is the one where it's face to face interview, but it's still audio only. And then there's one where it's audio and video only. I think these are three different categories. Mm -hmm. I'm playing with the. I'm, I'm, I, I do want to go into video format at some point in some way. I started now for season two a little bit with the Zoom thing. Of, of, but you know, day, you know what? Every Zoom looks shit. Let's be realistic. Mm, true. The camera and the mm -hmm. mics are not that. Actually, you know what's interesting? Apple, I think in the past 12 months, they upgraded for the new laptops. I think all yep. that because the demand is insane. Yeah, that's all we care about. That's all we have. That's all we have now. We have it's to make it better. all we care about. And it's, yeah. And, but, if, but then I look at the, the whole thing. I was like, if like someone like Conan or the Late Show, or whatever, they all have to deal with the same problems, and it's the same quality. I'm like, okay, that's just the way it is now, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to, because again, going back to aesthetics and the vibe and what's my unique language visually, I do love the idea of like a '70s talk show kind of. Uh, I could I could you see know, that for you. It's you not clear. You like, and your guests in a yeah. in a seventies style conversation pit. You know what I mean? Just like the fire is crackling. I built a little. I built a little. The back room at the Bamamont was built around that idea that I interview my people in that you know, Persian rug, w wooden walls, the whole shebang. You know. <laughs> but sounds honestly, it sounds wait. it sounds beautiful. But I do think I like that you're you know you're the rare person bringing sexy back to podcasting. It's it's not a very sexy. Medium. It <laughs> really sexy back. It's really it's really it's really. Well, a bunch I don't know of, if he's bringing it back. He's introducing it for the first that, time. Yeah, that's maybe was, even. It was never That's maybe really there. more more accurate because it is a bunch of fucking dorks. It's a lot of comedians. It's it's just not a sexy medium, and I think that that um you know your approach to it could be different, uh, especially if you add the video in. I think that's the best way to kind of get that across. We flirted with it. We did a Twitch thing, and we're gonna we're gonna like revisit that. But I do think it's like um I mean it's great revenue wise. You know what I mean? That's a big part of it too. But I do think it allows you to kind of really translate like what you're about visually in in a way that mm -hmm. gives people like a 360 understanding of the the show 
and that's that's the mm-hmm. real the real appeal i'm sure i could see you though armand i could see you having like a waiter come in you know in the middle you know drop <laughs> drop off a couple of cocktails well, here's the thing i already know the concept <laughs> and the key is if you look at the, the talk like look at graham norton right the uk yeah. tv show he's the best he's the best tv host yeah hands down and of course he is very witty and smart and fast, but also he has the guest drink and it's more of a conversation and he lets them relax, mm-hmm. especially American actress and actresses who are there. You can tell they were so media trained that in the beginning, their body language, they're very like stiff and straight. Yeah. Whereas the UK or Europeans, they're a bit relaxed. And by the time they have a couple of drinks, they kind of adapt and they're like, okay, it's fine. We're allowed to talk. We're allowed to curse here. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and you compare that to uh, Jimmy Fallon and you're like, wow, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how talk shows used to be like yeah. even in the states it's, yeah. it was so much less smoking and more relaxed yeah i mean the, the idea is to do it like do it in a pub you know like have it be more casual i think that's the key to a good conversation make mm-hmm. it as authentic and you guys are very authentic and real and that's why i think you guys are so popular as well but imagine with the visual you're more in a real environment it's thing. tough though mm-hmm. it's it's tough i i think you're right i think that that's the thing you notice when you start having guests that are that are you know more well known or whatever it's like you can tell they answer certain questions you know they just they have it down they've been media trainer they've done this too much um and i think that it's our job you know to disarm them a little bit and try to get them to talk about things they don't normally talk about but it's also like you're coming on a podcast you're not gonna we're not it's not gotcha tv we're not trying to like you know bust you or, or uncover something it's it's about it just being interesting you know which i, I think is like a uh well you're not but i am a good point good point yeah jason wants to get jason's tmz of how long gone i'm just a regular journalist you know innocent bystander really armand you you mentioned before about wanting to you know monetize this more so your your monetize your podcast more so do you have a, a plan or a strategy for that are you yeah. just making money right now off of um, the Montclair puffer vests? What's going on? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I do want to I, – I, I don't look at it as a, like, podcast only, right? I'm, I'm seeing it, okay, I'm building this brand, whatever it's going to turn into eventually, also when we're allowed to be back live. I think there's definitely going to be a live element to it. So I'm trying to keep the brand as neutral as possible without any sponsorship or brand association. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so I don't, I'm not really after like having, you know, beginning, middle end commercial breaks and, yeah. you know, listen to my sponsor, which, you know, that's how podcasts make a, have a revenue. I'd like, I prefer having a brand partner where it's more of a collaboration. They can use some of the content on their channels. They want to be associated and uh, aligned with the guests that I have and so forth and make more like a bigger, broader deal. I think that's more interesting to me. I think that's also more interesting to a brand. But I agree. I, I've been already, yeah, I have a couple of offers and I'm speaking to a couple of brands, but it has to be the right fit because it's such a personal thing and also it needs to be it can't be too controversial or too it can't narrow me down. For instance, if it's let's say it's a fashion brand, it makes it difficult to interview fashion designers, right? So um, it's it's something like that. So time will tell. And until then it's all self finance and uh, This is all very well thought out and I'm I'm impressed by that. Yeah, when when are we on air Thank presented you. by Prada, you know, we, we we'll we'll see it. I, I'm manifesting that for your future. <laughs> you know, a, a just a cla- an iconic Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I could see you with an iconic Italian, you know, fashion house. You know, that that feels right for you. And I'm sure that's what you want to. You know, I'm sure that's what you want to. Well, I think we're heading that way. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, we're like hoping for like a grocery store 
or maybe like a you know a local car dealership. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a local. Hopefully, hopefully, a local Kia dealership will will, will run some ads on how long gone. J- Jason, Jason's kind of in charge of that side. So I just Mushy got- Malone. You need to have Mashi Malone as your sponsor. Damn, <laughs> Mashi Malone. They can't afford us. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, they're going to give you buckets and buckets of Persian saffron pistachio ice cream. <laughs> I will do free ad reads for, for Rafi's, but I don't Jason, know. Yeah, Jason, that's, that's probably about Jason it. Jason comes to me and he's like, look, they're not giving us any money, but we're going to be eating Persian food for the next six months for free. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good deal. If you, if you really think about it, we're going to be saving money. What is, your, what is your editing process like? Are you doing this all yourself? No, I am... Uh, since day one, literally assembled a little team of amazing people around me. Because I had a little uh, radio show on Dublin Radio, which I'm sure you guys know from LA. And, so, yeah. and, um, and they've been super supportive. They are technically my media partner, and they air all the episodes on Dublin Radio as well. And, uh, and, and they basically let me have, you know, through their network and people that work on the radio start working with me, or at, at least in the beginning, like the audio editor, the graphic designer. Uh, and, and since then, it's just been growing. And I have like a team of five, six people working on this with me. And it's incredible. And, and I have my audio editor here in Berlin right now working from Funkhaus, which is like this iconic East Berlin uh, studio. And, you know, it's so, again, the creative process is what, is the most exciting about this for me to be, for instance, have someone in LA and someone in Berlin and in Paris work, you know, for all these different, Milan now, you know, all these different angles and someone's working from a different department. I think that, again, going back to being eclectic, that's what makes it interesting to me. You know? Jason, we're doing this shit wrong, bro. That's the number one takeaway <laughs> from this conversation. I don't know what you're feeling. I mean, you're yeah. in Hawaii right now, so maybe you're doing it more right than me, but I feel like a fucking loser <laughs> right now. How do you feel? What? No! <laughs> you guys are killing it. What are you talking about? Oh, no. Chris and I are the two employees doing the job of those six people. Uh, yeah, we, we have a smaller team. We have a small, much smaller team. Listen, I'm not good at these technical things. So that just by that, mm-hmm. and also a lazy part, of course, too. I, of course, you can learn <laughs> these things. But I'm like, if I'm already spending on a weekly basis, a, organize the interviews, write the questions, uh, set up the thing, record it, edit it on top of it, plus do all the visual. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, but I, that's all I would be doing. And I also have to make some money somewhere. So, um, <laughs> you know. Well, what is, what's, the, what's the vibe in Europe right now? Are you able, you're able to go to restaurants and shit. It's like relatively normal. Well, no, during, I think now it's, at end of November, or, you know, beginning of December, December, January, February, that's pretty much where the restaurants, at least in Germany, have been closed. Um, and I think Italy and France are similar and same thing and UK anyway. But it is what it is. We're all in the same boat. So I'm like, I, I try to be as positive as possible. And it's going to open up once the sun is out. You know, let's be realistic. I feel like for you, this is extra brutal because I'm I'm a very social person too, and it's it's definitely taking a toll on me. I don't feel like this is this is not what you signed up for. Definitely not, definitely not. But I'm trying to be as positive as possible because I see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then here's the thing, you know what? This whole thing forced us is to look at the appreciate the little things and really pay attention to it to a point where. Every morning, I made it a habit while I was in Cologne over Christmas and stuff, staying with my parents. I drove like 20 minutes into, you know, you can have your espresso at home, right? Or coffee, whatever. But I made a thing every morning to have like a set 
thing to look forward to and yeah. do, right? Mm. I would sit in a car, drive for 20 minutes or whatever, 30, into the city center, go to this one particular coffee place that is allowed to serve coffee, but you can't drink it inside. But they make incredible coffee, even though I don't like coffee. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they, because, you know, we got to know each other there. Yeah. So they started to pour instead of a paper cup into a little normal porcelain cup. And those 30 seconds, me standing on the street, having that sip out of a civilized cup, <laughs> imagining I'm in somewhere in Bella Italia or whatever it is, for me was pure bliss. I would cherish that sip there's 30 seconds, like, that's the Balearic lifestyle. You know, going back to the point. And I loved it. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, damn, I, I need to, unfortunately, I don't savor many things. I'm, I'm a little, I, I, I could probably stand to do that a little more. Every day, make it, make it a thing to look up into the sky. But seriously, look up in the sky. That focus on the sky. Especially in LA and in New York, where you most of the time have beautiful blue skies. Even in New York, it's get, it gets cold, but you always have that beautiful, crisp blue sky most of the time. And just really pay attention and look at it and see how it makes you feel. And you get and you're flying. And right now, then now that I was in Central Europe for the winter, where it's most of the time gray, and you have these pockets of sunshine coming through. I was flying this Sunday in Berlin, with the sun coming through the window in this loft that I'm staying in. Hence, it's so echoey, by the way. Sorry, and uh, cherishing that sun, like that vitamin D. Like, mm. oh my God. How did I not appreciate this more while being in California the whole time? Where you're like, oh, it's so hot today. Oh, it's 90 degrees. Oh, oh. And now I'm like, damn, you know? It's the little things. Can you teach Chris how to think like this, please? Because I, I think you, if you had a master class on enjoying life, you, I would subscribe. I, yeah, I would too. I think that, I mean, I think that it's, it's partly just a. You can subscribe on areweonair.com. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, like it's, I feel like it's par- partly shameless just, plug. just shameless plug. A, Europe, a European <laughs> outlook, you know what I mean, in some ways. But you've lived in America so long that it probably – you value that even more because we do, not, yeah. we do not take a step back and just enjoy life. That's not really our way. Our way is to work until we die. That's kind of the, that's kind of the yeah. American approach, which I have definitely adapted. But I, I do think I could take some notes from, from your playbook. Yeah, it's funny. When, when, when I was – when I was living in, in New York and living that corporate life that you were all supposed to look for and after, you know, okay, I went to uni and I managed to move to New York and I was the music director at Standard and then, I'm, okay, I need to be the music director for all the hotels and suddenly I'm in the corporate office every day from technically nine to five, you know, and I was not happy. I mean, it, it, I was like, this is not, like, that's boring, you know, and also not really my... I'm not good at it. Yeah. You know, I'm not good at being in this. Uh, it d- doesn't fit my character. So, of course, there was some conflict here and there because it, it didn't work. And then the moment I was out of it, and even now, again, going back to, okay, I don't have that hotel and, and chateau in L.A. right now, but I'm happier and not that salary, and but I'm happier than I've been in years. That's the irony about it. And I'm like, wow, it's the, the gift of creativity. Like, as you guys know, out of, to create something out of nothing and something beautiful comes out of it is pure gold. And just that alone is so fulfilling. So everyone's like, Chateau, Chateau. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, my plan is to go back to L.A. And my plan is hopefully to open the space. But that's not the given. And also, I'm not, you know, I love to float. I love <laughs> this floating state right now. You know? <laughs> Me too. Me too. Were you always like this? Did you always have this 
amazing attitude and outlook on life and happiness or is it something that was there a moment that changed in your life to have you become like this mm, uh well the happiness and as i've been told the charisma has been since i'm a child and i have that from my parents they're both super positive people and very funny as well and so it, that's always been with me of course like everybody i have my downs and uh, heartbreaks and uh, horrible today and i hate this and i hate that but in general yeah and i honestly even though music is my thing and and that's how what i'm known for but i think that music is my tool and it's also something that people or businesses or whatever can that it's something tangible in a way that they can categorize mm -hmm. but in the end of the day most of the time it comes down to my energy and my my aura that they want to be a, so be around that's really it, one thing i start to realize there's a pattern over the years from all these different great people that you know i became my mentors or jobs or whatever it is i'm not the greatest dj i wasn't the greatest dj i'm not the greatest music curator i'm good at all these things but in my mind, there's always somebody better and whatever. Why me? Mm -hmm. And then it comes down to your DNA and who you are and how you connect energetically with your surroundings. I agree. As a person with no skills who continues to get jobs, I have to say that it, <laughs> it, 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 it must just be because people... <laughs> People want to be around me. That's the only way I can. That's the only way I can justify it. It's the and as as somebody who has immense skills and not as much success, I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. <laughs> the lack of charisma and uh, and and with an abundance of skill does not necessarily mean you're going to find success. No, that's true. Unless you start a podcast. That's true. I mean, look, it takes, exactly. it, guys, it takes all kinds. If we know anything, it, it, it takes all kinds. And that's, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. why we found each other. You know, that's why we found each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, honey. How did you find me? How did you find Arena? I'm curious, actually. I don't remember. I feel like we, we probably have friends in common. And I saw somebody, you just repo oh, sure. repost it. And I was just like, you I showed mean, me a link to the podcast months ago. And he was like, bro, how the fuck is this guy getting all these guests? And <laughs> like, I was like, is all right, well, I mean, who, who does he have? And I went through it and I was like, okay, that's pretty impressive. And then I was like, holy shit, what the, what the, like, what the fuck? I mean, the curation of guests, it doesn't get, I mean, I, I can't name a podcast with better. And the artwork, the artwork you is know, you'll be superior. great. Like, it's just, it's, it's also, I think because consistency is so important to us. Like when I see that in another show, I'm like, I'm going to pay attention to this. Like the guest quality, the artwork, the cadence, everything is, is on point. And that's when you start to notice something. And, and somebody sent me one and I just, you know, I just paid attention from then on. Were you, were you influenced by anything, uh, any outlets or magazines or other advertising yeah. campaigns? So, um, f for me, uh, one big inspiration was the 70s interview magazine and the way they did everything right yeah. so it's also it's society but it's very broad as well in a way and it's their personal friends and whatever so that's one thing in terms of podcasts obviously bbc bbc's desert island disc you know Classic. i think it's one of bbc's longest yeah longest program running and it's incredible and it's amazing and it's the bbc of course but it's very uk focused and it's very specific but they have a very broad guest list so to say which is very interesting mm -hmm. and and uh, of course i love tiga's last party check out the noel gallagher episode of of desert island disc oh, if, yeah. if you haven't already a classic episode a classic episode noel actually agreed to do the thing that was just before the lockdown we had dinner together at chateau and you know we, i know him a little bit from london and, and then 
I lost all his details because it was. <laughs> don't get me excited like this. If we if we can't if we have a Gallagher brother, I'm I I have to dislike you after that. I have to change. I have to be mad now. I can't I can't even like you anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean I. He will be he will gr- be forced Noel to hit great. unsubscribe. By the way, Noel is great. He's fun. You know, you, you always have these moody images of these guys, but he's fun. He's super relaxed. He's down to earth. Really cool guy. Like shout out to Noel. Shout out to Noel Gallagher. We know you're listening. Shout out to <laughs> yeah, we know you're. We know you're Actually, listening. <laughs> uh, and visuals, uh, um, uh, you know, I had like ten different names in the beginning, and I was changing constantly. It didn't really feel right. Da da da. And then my friend Adrian Savage, who also lives in LA, is a uh, man's tailor and mm-hmm. cool guy, and uh, he, he sees the, or talks these very eloquent eloquent way mm. and he's like no you know you you're the director d'ambiance because that's my you know final title director of ambiance director d'ambiance at chateau so he's like no you director it needs to be light it needs to be I, I see i feel air i see air and immediately it hit me i was like it's are we on air because you know the i because the, it's like i have like words and music so like deeply in my brain to a point where i repeat to myself sometimes on a daily basis some lyric or like some moment or whatever it is and of course the iconic are we on air are we on the air mm-hmm. you know this like mm-hmm. sample hip-hop sample that's always been in me i don't know why and now it made sense and i was like it's are we are we on air damn it's so nice how all these things in life just it's like a butterfly floating over and landing on your nose for you you know it's it's a beautiful thing to witness i know my man absolutely Ar- armand blessed thank you for joining us on how long gone honestly this was really fun you guys Make sure to check out Are We On Air, wherever podcasts are sold, correct? You said you said season two is coming up soon? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'm going to take a little break because I was going weekly. Like from April, it's like 40 episodes. And I was like, okay, Christmas, New Year's, no one's going to care. Then it's the beginning of Jan. Uh, it's going to be a slow start. And now we're already, oh, it's two months. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're going into season two. Um, but now I think I'm going to go every two weeks. And already, I, I can tell you, it's a... It's, uh, Premiere. I can tell you what the lineup. What some of the lineups. Are yes, from please, yeah. please drop please, the drop the lineup. Drop the lineup. So we're starting <laughs> with one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now, Dua Lipa. Woo! No, uh, no, no. That's Jason's number one, Armand. That's Jason's uh, Noel Gallagher, bro. That's Jason's Noel. <laughs> Damn, you got Dua. You've known her for a long time, I imagine. Well, I, we met exactly a year ago during the Grammys at the Chateau because her management and I are good old friends because they also represent Lana Del Rey. So it's, it's been a long thing. And, and, tour, and I gave her a tour of the club and she loved the club. And she's like, oh, I'm about to drop an album. It's very disco infused, which, you know, my space is very mm-hmm. disco. And I, I was like, great, we got to do the album record release here. Then, of course, lockdown oh. happened, nothing. And then she dropped Future Nostalgia, which is very disco-infused. So I've been, like, speaking to the, 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 her team, like, guys, when can we do this interview? And it just didn't happen, this and that. And then she started doing 2054, which was like a huge live stream event in December. So they were super busy for months for all this. And now I'm actually grateful it didn't happen before because within this year, she became so big. Yeah. And now she's Grammy nominated and cover of the Rolling Stone and this 8 million views for her live show. And I'm like, okay, now it's perfect. Actually. Yeah, perfect yeah, way yeah. to start the season two because mm-hmm. she's like really big. And then uh, who else? Marina Abramovich. What? Wow, dude! What? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got you got two members of the Illuminati so far. This is very yeah. impressive. 
Armand's looking good. Armand. I mean, you are you are shitting on every podcast. Period. NPR NPR can't touch the god. Who's third? Come on, give us the heat, bro. Keep here's, it coming. Here's the interesting. Here's it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Who else? Oh, our Californian girl, Caliucci's, that you probably know from. Yes. The yes, yes. Yes. Shout out to Caliucci's. Caliucci's. Uh, David LaChapelle. Le- the legend LaChapelle. David LaChapelle. Then I got the infamous bouncer from Berkheim, Sven Markwart. Oh, shit. Doing the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's for the heads. I like that. That's good. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Nadia Lee Cohn, who's like one of the hottest photographers right now, also yes, from LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she just released this book, Women. So, mm-hmm. again, that lineup itself kind of shows you from such big names and established names to like the new generation. And that's yeah. what makes it interesting from David LaChapelle to Nadia, for instance, you know, like Armand, all, all I ask is that when your inevitable rise to fame happens after season two drops, will you just make sure you don't forget about the little people like us? Yeah. And maybe consider guys coming back to the show again. One don't, forget, don't forget your fellow <laughs> podcasters. That's low level guys. Just never. We're in the Spotify never. factory. You know, it's, it's different over here. You'll be surprised. You know what? You probably guys get way more love from Spotify or Apple. Are you, oh, you own Spotify only? Sorry. No, no, no. no we, we're, on, we're on all platforms. We're on all platforms. We, we do a Spotify yeah. music show exclusively with Spotify. Yeah. Um, but, but no, we don't. Look, we want as many people to digest this podcast as possible. You know, that, that's the idea. Same. Yeah. I'm on, yeah. Or, I mean, I personally, I would love to help. You know, we can set up a meeting with Spotify, talk about getting some more eyes and ears on your show, obviously, for a small piece of equity in the brand. But, you know, <laughs> sure. We, can, we yeah. can talk about that. We'll do a Zoom or something like that jason's piece of equity is actually just a text introduction to dua lipa so it's it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> good it's pretty fair honestly um armand but honestly though thanks for joining us and we look forward to season two um we'll be tuning in are we on air um i can't wait till you're back in la and, and the chateau is open and i can come with eight of my closest male friends on a saturday night to ask for some free drinks <laughs> i'll make um, you a deal i give you guys membership to the chateau for the intro to Spotify. Oh, that's oh. okay. <laughs> All right. Armand, that is uh, done and done. This that is, is how a done deal. That, is, deals that, are that is a done deal. I love your bargaining power and your European spirit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us and uh, we will speak to you soon. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Armand. We'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you, Armand. And are we on air? Bye. Mic drop. We're off. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>